Moment of silence. Moment of silence for, for Riley, yeah. for sure. Okay, well, that's good. Hello, and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I am a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. My favorite ride at Disney World is the Tower of Terror. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My favorite ride at Disney World is Space Mountain or Expedition Everest. And today we have words to say about episode 411 of The 100, The Other Side. Hello from the other side. Yo, the fact that this was Ian's episode actually works out really nice for this, just because, um, listen to the song Hello by Adele in the Uh lens of Desmond and Penny, and then cry. (gasps) That's just hurtful. Yeah. Like, I challenge you to do that later and not freak out about it. It's very sad. Uh, I'm gonna freak out about it. Okay. So, for our thoughts from listeners, which still doesn't have a cool name yet, uh, for this week, my friend Meta was texting me. I didn't ask her if I could put this in, because she didn't tweet it or anything. She just texted it to me. Um, mm. But she was pretty much saying, what if the reason why Allie is messing with Raven is that she's, think- she's making her think that she's more sick so that she'll go to space, but she's actually just fine, and so is Abby, and she's <laughs> not manipulating Abby because she doesn't need to. Which probably would have made more sense yeah (laughs) but apparently not now we'll never know at this point though no we will not oh well i still think it was Allie. i i'm i mean we definitely will get there like when we talk about it but Mm -hmm. i'm kind of convinced that it was Allie Mm because i don't think becca was like that at all but yeah yeah of the little we saw of of becca but Either way, we're going to be starting with outside the bunker and then moving inside the bunker and then doing the rest of the stuff. Yay! All right, so very small things that happen outside the bunker. (laughs) So first of all, Octavia is on the radio and she's saying that Kane is stalling. And my mom wanted to bring up this thing about how Indra said that the only way that they could all come together is a commander, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what does a commander have to do to become a commander? They have to ascend and take the flame. Yeah, but and win a conclave. Win, win the a conclave, conclave, right? Yeah. So Octavia is the new commander, kind of, except she just didn't take the flame. Yeah, basically, she she did the non-crappy parts of it. Slash, probably the hardest part of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, ex- yeah. literally. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts on the fact that Kane was just stalling the whole episode? I don't, because um, I read some interviews with Henry and Cusick, who directed this episode, and he said that, like, he had them keep him off screen so that he could focus on directing everyone else. Yeah. So, that made the most sense to me. I wasn't upset about that, because, like, that's what Ian Yeah, wanted. I wasn't that upset either. I mean, it would have yeah. made, made more sense if they said he was taking a nap, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, when you're not on screen, you're supposed to be taking a nap on the show. Mm-hmm. What the what hell? Ever. I mean, I guess it's fine. He could really use a nap. They're saying, we need to find another way in. And Indra's like, let's break in. And Octavia's like, that helps no one. (laughs) That solves no problems. 
Um, but either way, she has faith in Bellamy, and she's saying that Sky Crew is not her people. So, question for the end of the episode. Do you think Octavia is taking a Sky Crew bed or a Tree Crew bed? What a good question. Probably Sky Crew. Um, unless she wants to be close to Indra. My thought is Tree Crew just because she's not saying... She's not saying, Bellamy gets one, oh, and also me. That's true. Yeah, I guess she doesn't assume that she gets one. Yeah. Though she should be guaranteed one. Yeah, so if Sky Crew doesn't decide, I'm sure, like, Indra would. Mm-hmm. Though apparently the clans have had way less uh, drama picking their hundred than Sky Crew has picking their hundred. I freaking guess so. Because they were like, um, yeah, actually, they're all just trying to decide who's going to make it in. And I was like, How? But how? Like, did everyone fight to the death again? Or did everyone do this diplomatically? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Has anyone told Sky Crew that there was a way to do it peacefully? <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. So then Echo shows up, and she's pretty much saying, be my ally, and let's make a deal, and something about how they're all one crew, which is now called Wan Crew. Wan Crew. Octavia come Wan Crew. And then uh, she's saying that Asgeta will live in the bunker, too. That is very carefully worded. Yeah. The last thing that I had for the scene was just that um, Echo has a carabiner on her jacket. Yeah. And I like when they do things like the license plate guy. <laughs> R.I.P. license plate guy. So, with Echo, the thing that like I'm most surprised about... And which continues to delight me in terms of, like, narrative justice is that Indra did not object to any of this at all. Mm-hmm. She cut that deal with Rowan. She honored the deal, which just goes to show further that there are diplomatic channels within, like, grounder society and it works. Right. Which just further invalidates Clark and Jaha's reasoning. Mm-hmm. The next time we're outside of the bunker, we pretty much, like, see everyone getting sick. There's clearly radiation in the air. And Octavia says, let the clans come. And we'll see what happens. I like that Octavia was willing to face the consequences of Sky Crew's actions. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to do that. The next thing that happens outside of the bunker is that it opens. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then there's a Blake hug and... Bellamy tells Octavia, finally is able to tell Octavia that he loves her and that they get the hug and it's great. What a scene. And then she's like, psych, Echo, you're not invited. Listen, there's a club and Echo got kicked out of it and she can't just head back in because she brought snacks. And how great was the, was the line where Indra was like, at least your banishment will be short. Right? You won't have to live with that for a while. I think I like Optimist Indra. <laughs> Optimist Indra. Do you think Echo's gonna die? I don't know if Echo's going to die, but I am almost certain that this isn't supposed to signify Echo's death. Like, I don't think they're gonna be yeah. like, well, and that was the last time we saw Echo. It's like, you know if they're sending her out, they're sending her out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that my mom wanted to bring up was that she says we will not... We will not punish an entire clan for one person's actions. Mm -hmm. So throw back to Finn yeah. when they were going to punish the whole... Well, they kind of weren't, weren't they? 
They kind of were just like, give us that one dude. And if you don't give us the one dude, then you all are punished. Well, Indra argued, um, especially in, I think it was 209, um, that because they, she thought that Sky Crew had poisoned Gustus, that right. um, all of them should die. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, that shows Indra's growth, right? Like, she doesn't think everyone should die just because of the actions of one. And that's also a throwback to Pike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Indra has grown so much. And mm-hmm. I'm proud of her. Which is, once again, like, a reason why it kind of blows my mind that Clark thought to, like, lock Tree Crew out and, like, betray Indra. I was like, Indra's been developing and really trying to ally with Sky Crew as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And Sky Crew keeps screwing Tree Crew over. Cute! Indra's like, I'm just here for Octavia and Kane at this point, okay? Are you ready to... Go into the hatch. Yeah, let's let's go. That's like everything that happens on the outside. Um, Okay, so first of all, Bellamy is a little bit pupset. Yeah, he seems a little irritated by something. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, it just it wasn't clear. Yeah. So not sure. Hmm. Such a mystery. My next note was just Clark dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure like exactly what I was trying to say, but I think everyone gets the gist of what I was saying. Uh, no, that sums that up real quick, doesn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah, these are my notes. Belle, pup set. Clark, dumb. Abby, sad. <laughs> that was it. This should also probably be one that says Jaha sucks. They're perfect. They're perfect. We don't even need to continue the podcast. Yep. Like, that was basically it, right? Yes. <laughs> I think it was Jaha bad or Jaha evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jaha goes, we sent some people to go get Octavia and Kane, but they just didn't come back in time or whatever. So I'm like, so did the people who volunteered to do that get locked out as well? Or did they just come back and go, "Mm, sorry. And also like, where were they? Like no one's volunteering. (laughs) No one's volunteering for them ever again. And no one was around. No one tried to get to Bellamy and Kane. We, or to... Like Kane and Octavia, we saw that there was no That's one there. Th- if if anyone tried to get Octavia, everyone would be like, um, okay, so the only one left is Octavia. Uh, where'd she go? But, and no one has her sigil, so she's huh? listen. Octavia was actually way better at hide and seek than anyone thought. True. So Jaha's clearly full of it. Yeah, they never sent anyone. But like, this is what we thought last week, and now it's just kind of like confirmed except that we assumed jaha did his own dirty work and that was just silly of us yeah true what were we thinking well that's the thing is i wanted the person to who grabbed belly me to be a person that we knew yeah and that was dumb i mean do you want to just assume it was miller in a cloak miller's not that large even i mean then i got nothing for you i think it could be just rando extra number one i think that's probably who it was yeah so, um, and Clark's all, I'm letting them say goodbye. And I'm like, wow, thanks to the savior. Wow. You're letting them say goodbye. What, what a kind gesture, you sweet human. The, the generosity of Clark Griffin really knows no <laughs> bounds at this point. Let us all bow to her. <laughs> like, I have such a hard time with Clark in these last couple episodes, because one, she's like, not really Clark. 
Like, this no. isn't Clark. But two, mm. does she actually, like, hate her mother? I don't know. I, I genuinely wonder a lot of the time if Clark even likes her mother. She's like, well, I mean, my mom's gone through a lot, you know? She lost her husband, and it was kind of her fault, and that really messed her up. And then she had to send her daughter down to Earth, and that really messed her up. And, you know, a whole bunch of stuff is messing her up. I think that, um... Uh, and then she killed a guy, and, and that really messed her up. Uh, I think that what I'll do is now her new love, um, I'll get him killed to mess her up. Yeah. That, that sounds like a plausible thing to do. My whole thing with Clark is that, like, Abby would burn the world for Clark, but Clark would burn Abby to save the world. Oh my god, I just had a thing. Hmm. Yo. Yeah. Okay. So, Raven and Abby had the same thing. Well, I guess. And the re- apparently. <laughs> but the reason why Raven wouldn't heal is because she refused to stop using her brain a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why Abby has had the idiot balls, because she's not thinking on purpose, and now she's healed. That makes perfect- you, you cracked it. You cracked it. I did it! <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> fandom! I'm so proud of you! I'm I'm not happy, I did it. but I'm so proud of you. Yeah. My next note just says, Jaha mansplains radiation. Literally, who mansplains radiation to a doctor? Literally, he's, like, saying this huge, like, he has, like, four sentences, and she goes, I understand. Now get out of my way. <laughs> she, like, you know that Abby Griffin has spent a lifetime hearing Thelonious Jaha mansplain to her. Mm-hmm. Like, as Chancellor, and she just stood there, and she was like, okay. Okay. He's literally like, do you understand that this and this thing you know and this thing you know already and this thing that everyone, including the audience, knows? She's like, you know what? Believe it or not, yes. Jaha is that guy on Twitter. Yeah. Jaha yeah. is, like, the well-actually guy. Like, Abby would be tweeting about, like, saving orphans, and Jaha would be like, well-actually. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Poor Abby. My next note says, Miller, what up? Yeah, let's uh, talk about Miller. Miller, what the heck? I've, I've been trying to figure this one out for a while. Um, so I have nothing. Why would he choose to side with Jahan Clark? My full thoughts are... Miller... Huh? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Like, I guess it would make sense because Miller's a survivor. But... Like, he like, backed Kane up in the rebellion against Pike. Like, he knows people like Jaha are not good people. Mm-hmm. So, Miller, W-Y-D. So Bellamy's like, well, you're gonna have to kill me or else I'm gonna go ahead and, and just open it. And he, em- he, he employs this, like, great strategy <laughs> that's pretty much just like, doop a doop a doop a doop Oh, here I go! <laughs> I'm just nonchalantly walking across the room, not gonna do anything rash, and then books it before he even gets away from the guard. Listen, Bellamy's not the strategist in this one. I thought it was hilarious. He's he's so precious. He's like the art thief walking through the gallery before he's about to steal something, just like with his hands behind his back whistling, like, nothing going on here, guys. I'm having such a nice calm day that I'm whistling and skipping. Yeah, and there's nothing suspicious going on at all, and I am definitely not about to Mm -hmm. attack this rando guard. Nope. 
I'm real. I'm so real proud of Bellamy. So then he gets shock lashed. He's a he's a big damn hero now. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's always been a hero, but he's had some dark moments. But now he's just like, mm, yeah, I'm not that dude anymore. Mm. Yeah. So Clark and I think I think it's Clark, Jaha, and Abby in this scene, mm-hmm. and she's pretty much saying we were right yesterday, but we were were wrong today, and now we have to live with that. And Abby's saying that they're back on the ark and that she hates herself. And you know what, Clark. You probably do, too. I feel like Clark hates herself, too. Yeah. The only person who has zero remorse is Mick Jaha, who's <laughs> garbage. I I think it's super weird that in this scene, Abby and Clark don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think Abby would have something to say at Clark? But every time they talk about this situation, she's just talking to Jaha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even in that first scene, everyone's talking to Jaha, and the only person talking to Clark is Jaha. Ugh. It's like Clark isn't there. Yeah, m- I mean, my next note is literally, Jaha doesn't care how they feel. Yeah. Which is, like, literally what he says. It's like, doesn't matter how we feel about ourselves. And it's like, that actually was Abby's entire point on the arc, is that you have to have emotion in this, otherwise you're just a dictator. Are you ready for the worst part of the episode? Yeah, I'm ready! Quote, your mother is strong, you are stronger. K. Ugh. K. Apparently Abby's weak for having feelings and wanting to save everyone's lives and also save their souls. That makes her weak. Clark, you are stronger because you are me. Yeah, exactly. And I am stronger. He's literally like, you're strong because you can make decisions to kill people logically. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Gross. That's not what strength is. Strength is going on. And continuing to have your heart open despite the fact that the whole world is against you. And This guy's gross! Yeah, Jaha's just- This is a gross guy! He, like, we don't need a Jaha and a mini Jaha. Gross. That's why I feel bad for Clark, actually, is because it's very clear that Jaha's really gotten in her head. Ew. Ugh. I have no more thoughts except for bleh. We had Jaha Jr., but, um, he died, and I bet you he would have been really helpful in this situation. Oh my god. You know what? Sometimes I think about him. Wells? And I think you could make this better. Wells would be so disappointed in Jaha. So disappointed. But also I think we need to think about who Wells would be if he went through all these things, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you take a look at Bellamy. Bellamy's completely different than who he was in the pilot. You take a look at Murphy. Murphy's completely different than the person he was in the pilot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jasper, Monty, all these people are completely different. And I think, man, where would Wells be if he was still here? I wonder. But I still think he would be on the good side, and I still think he would be a good dude. Yeah, I think he would be a lot like um, Monty. Yeah, oh my god. Like, really trying to come into his own and forge his own path and relationships and things like that, while also struggling with, like, you know, like, parental angst and all sorts of different things. And, like, the struggle to reconcile Jaha on the Ark with Jaha here would be really hard for him. I feel like my, like, favorite characters list would be Murphy, Monty, and Wells. I I miss him. He was taken from us too soon. Too soon. Clark goes, or I think Jaha goes, we need someone who wants to survive more than they want to be liked. Well, he sure worked that one out. (laughs) Ding! 
This is the the light the 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 what light bulb above my head. This is like the most obvious. Here's the thing, here's the thing though. Jaha's like, hmm, we need someone. <laughs> this is such a ridiculous it's so ridiculous. Hmm, we need someone who wants to survive more than they want to be liked. I can't think of a single person that I walked across the desert with. <laughs> He's like, other than me, who would be good at this? Because I don't feel I'm like doing that job. I'm not familiar with any other characters that are anything like that, and I definitely haven't hung out with them a lot. Yeah, I didn't spend, like, most of season three with that character, by the way. Weird. So, obviously it's Murphy, and he's like, he says that he's with Clark, and I get that. Yeah. Um... I get that. That makes so, sense uh, for like, him. I'm not super worried about that. Yeah, him siding with Clark and Jaha makes, makes way more sense than Miller. Yeah. Like, I kind of expected it. Like, if it was up to Murphy, he would be like, heck yeah, close the thing. I don't give a crap. Yep. But the fact that it's Clark, it's something you don't expect from her, and that's why people are angry. And, like, in that instance, Murphy is very much her ally. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, like, when we were talking about it last week, I kind of forgot that Murphy was super mad at Abby, I think, because the show forgot that Murphy was super mad at Abby. Um, Why was Murphy super mad at him? Oh, because she tried oh, to kill him. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, tried to kill him, Maury. I don't know. Right. Just like, but, you know. Casually. We, they forgot that last week, but they remembered mm-hmm. it this week, and that's really nice for them. So yeah. I kind of thought that Murphy would be like, yeah, let's rebel, but no, it makes way more sense that he would want to protect he and Amori no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring up the thing from a couple episodes ago when Amori said, your friend Miller. Remember how I was, like, a little disturbed by that? Just because I was like, since when? Mm-hmm. Once again, so, uh, huh? What? They're friends. Do they, they don't seem like friends. No. Just I saying. mean, they don't have exactly the smoothest history. No. <laughs> if you just, like, think back to season one. Uh, yeah, but he, like, trusts him enough and gives him what is a shock lash stick, I think, right? Yeah. And it's, like, a whole lot better than two rocks to click together, right? <laughs> He's, Murphy's really moving up in the world. Yeah, yeah. He's no He longer... got, like, a gun from Bellamy and he was like, peace out. Don't trust him with stuff. And yet, somehow, he still gets absolutely owned for taking the job that Miller gives him. <laughs> yep, yep. Murphy's like, are you gonna go talk to him? And Clark's like, uh-huh. And she goes, mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can't see No. And then she's like, okay, I'll relieve you in six hours. And he's like, cool. And I'm like, um, somebody get this man a book. Where is he gonna, like, is there a bathroom around there? What does he do? Well, I mean, we know what he did. <laughs> I mean, he took a nap. <laughs> And then he woke up and said, I wasn't asleep. But, like, also, me as hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, uh, Brittany, what did you do to pass the time when you were on guard duty? Definitely didn't take a nap, if that's what you were wondering. No. Nope. That, well, that's my thing, is if someone said, okay, sit here for six hours, I would go, okay. Literally give me a book so I can memorize it. Yeah. Like, that's, because <laughs> I have nothing better to do. Someone bring me my phone so I can play Candy Crush. Yeah. Please. Just someone give this man something to do. Someone can, could someone please just have, like, bring Amori down to sit with him just so they can have a chat. Like, 
it's like solitary confinement that they're making him do. And it would make, like, you know, his job a lot easier if Amori was there, because then he'd be like, stay here, and if um, I get knocked out, tell somebody. <laughs> if I get knocked out, definitely avenge me. <laughs> Please. I think Murphy had a tablet with him, and he was, like, texting Amori the whole time. Oh, probably. He was like, hey, babe, what's up? And she's like... It's like, what else was she doing? She was, um, napping, obviously. Oh, that's yeah. That's what Nyla was doing, so clearly that's what Amori was doing. Well... Um, clearly Amori, Amori was in some scenes, but they got, must have gotten cut because we did ask Louisa about being directed by Ian and she said that she was. Yeah, that was weird, right? Um, hmm. why did they cut those scenes? Hmm. Me no no. Me no no either. Oh, that sucks. So, it's the turbine room and turbine room, like the dam at Mount Weather, question mark? Well, probably. I mean, turbine's okay. just an engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Didn't Bellamy, like, blow up a turbine at one point in Mount Weather? I mean, what didn't Bellamy blow up? You right. Yeah. But also, yes. Either way, he's, like, made his wrists all bloody trying to get out, and you're like, oh, you just have so much passion. You poor child. Um, can I just say, like, Bob Morley in the scene is amazing. Um, I love him. The sh- Get on the bob- bobbin train. I know. <laughs> the sheer anger that he has, like, I feel like it's also a good reflection of Henry Cusick's directing, is that Bob went there in a way that wasn't over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, it was the perfect amount of anger that he was, like, you know, trying to get out and pulling at his chains, but it never for once felt melodramatic. It just felt, like, really desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I went uh, to Bob's panel at the Calgary Expo on the 30th, mm-hmm. and someone asked him what his favorite episode was to shoot, and he said that it hadn't been shown yet. So do you think it was this one, or do you think there's more to come? I wouldn't be surprised if it was this one, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next two episodes, right? But this yeah. one was so yeah. good for yeah. for Bob in particular. My next note was just Murphy. Hashtag Murphy. Because I was watching the Netflix version today, mm-hmm. just to get my notes and stuff, and it says, Bellamy, what are you doing? And so I didn't catch the fact that he doesn't call him Bellamy. He just calls him Bell. Oh, Murphy. I'm, like, crying inside. Shout out to my mom for finding that one, because I totally missed it, because I was reading the subtitles. But Denise is the MVP of this podcast. Yeah, as always. Yeah. But, like, excuse me while I just cry a million tears. But you're not Belle, emotional about it at all. what are you doing? You're all. hurting yourself. Be best friends, please. Best friends forever. Also, Murphy says the word hatch in Ian's episode. I, you know, it was very disappointing to for, to have, like, a group go down a hatch and Henry and Cusick not be at the bottom. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up with that? In, in fact, it's switched. Yeah. Strange. He's not allowed in the hatch. It was so sad, though, because Bellamy goes, you haven't even changed. And he says, you're wrong. And I'm like, bro, you haven't seen him all season and hardly last season, too. Bellamy has not even witnessed Murphy's character development, okay? He doesn't know. He has so much. But there's a difference between Murphy developing and Murphy, like, 
his core self, and Murphy's core self is, like, self-preservation. He's just extended mm-hmm. that bubble around Amori now. Right. But that's still it for him. So Murphy's asleep, and Abby's like, excuse me? Hello, it is I. The, the rebel is here. Hello? The head rebel is here to do things and stuff. And then Has Abby always been calling him John? Yeah. Okay. It's like, there's like, okay. what? There's three people that call him John, right? Amori, Abby, and then um, Jaha. Jaha. Ah! And Jaha has not earned that. No! And I guess... I mean, Abby gets absolutely roasted in this scene, so... Yeah, he says, try not to kill this one. So is that referring to, what, Bayless? Yeah, for sure. Bayless quotation marks? For sure. Okay. And I can't even blame Murphy for that. Like, that was a bad decision on all Griffin fronts. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that was... I mean, I love Abby more than I love, like, most, most people, but she deserved that. Oh, it's kind of murph me Try not to kill this one, because that would make me sad. Oh, yeah. Robin's like, hey, 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 hey. How do I make this about murph me <laughs> I wish- How do I make like, this about their friendship and best friendship? If Murphy and Amori weren't, like, absolutely perfect for each other, it'd be like the endgame of the show should be, like, what, Cabby, murph me and, like, Marper? Um. Marper and Maxon. Oh, Maxon, of course. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, Clark with um, happiness. Yeah, preferably. Yeah. Yeah, with whatever that means. Clark with peace. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> She's at peace. So we have this, like, Bellamy Abbey team up. Yeah, the Bell Abbey team up. Which is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, she's like, step aside, son. I've been yeah. doing this my whole life. Oh my god, when Jaha called Bellamy son, and I was like, excuse you five times. You have not earned that, right? Call him son one more time. So Abby's like, John, please come help (laughs) us. And he's like, I'm on my way, I'm the hero. And then they, just like, someone treat Murphy nicely for once. And so they knock him out, but they put him down so gently. They put him on the bed. (laughs) He's like, Sleeps for you, little baby. Sweet prince. Good Sweet night. dreams. Though, can we talk about how Murphy heard Abby yelling and ran to her immediately? Because he was like, it's either Abby or Bellamy, and I don't know which one I need to get to first. He's like, which one do I love more? I can't choose. Honestly, Murphy uh, napped a lot in this episode. Yeah. But we got to see him nap on screen, so that's nice. Yeah, I was going to say, for the amount of naps he took, we got to see so much of it. Yeah, that's content that I am at this show for, is Murphy taking naps. (laughs) They, like, stick the... Okay, okay, imagine. Okay. Murphy, like, gets choked and is, like, losing consciousness, and then they, like, stick the reaper stick in, and he goes, I'm not even tired anymore. (laughs) And then goes to sleep. He's like, guys, if you want to, like, have a rebellion, just go do it. I'm just, I'm sleepy anyway. I'm tired. You could have just snuck out while I was sleeping. <laughs> like, Abby could, like, just go tiptoe, tiptoe into the room, cut Bellamy free, and they could both go tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe before Murphy would even wake up. Okay, It's one, a cliche, but it would have worked. I love it. But two... Of, like, the top ten words that I would use to describe Bellamy and Abby, subtle is not in that list. <laughs> you're right, you're right. 
she's like, I mean, it's a great idea, but also the whole thing is guarded by Jaha. And he's like, do you see me caring? I'm gonna punch him. I don't care. <laughs> um, then we've got the Nyla and Clark scene. Nylark! So, Nyla says, pretty much, look at all these empty beds. And this could be taken multiple ways. I think it was Joe Garfine who said that she was taking it like no one wanted to sleep in the same room as a grounder. Oh, that hurts my soul. But the way that I think I saw it when I first watched it was like, look at all these empty beds. We could have uh, fit way more people in here. Yeah, I think so too. But I I really like both interpretations, actually. I feel like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it could be either or both at the same time. Yeah. My thing is, like, um, I'm kind of surprised that Nyla wasn't more upset that her entire clan was locked out of the bunker. Right. I mean, she was... Yeah. She was so much of a loner already that, like, I don't know. Yeah, she was such a loner and stuff, but, like, you'd, you'd think that she'd have some kind of issue with the fact that all of the grounders have been locked out to save Sky Crew. Yeah. I don't know. But I do like the really sweet intimacy of this scene. Mm-hmm. And Clark's, like, it was talking beautiful. about her whole dilemma and about saving the human race, and we're like, okay. Yeah, my whole thing with this is Clark would have none of these problems if she hadn't cheated. Yeah. Like, if you cheated a game and you get caught, those are the consequences. Literally, as long as Luna didn't win, the human race would have survived, Mm -hmm. even if it was you or not. Because it's like, and I mean, there's no way for Clark to know this, which is totally fair, but you know Indra would have done the exact same thing Octavia did. Mm-hmm. Or uh, that's what I, that's what I hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I know a lot of people actually really don't like this scene. I do, because we usually don't actually get looks into Clark's head, especially lately, and at least in this scene, we saw a little bit of where Clark is emotionally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was nice, too. But, um, I would have rather had some, her have some kind of deep conversation about this moral quandary with someone like Bellamy or Abby or mm-hmm. anyone who could give her perspective. Um, Abby goes in to talk to Jaha, and he's like, of course, come on in, Abby. And I'm like, you pretentious jerk, sitting at that desk as if you deserve to sit there. You know what this reminds me of? What? How dare you stand where he stood? (laughs) That's what that reminds me of. It's so true, though. But then I'm like, who? Stand where who stood? Yeah, do you want to explain your reference real quick? Oh, it's from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, I think. And Harry's like, Snape, you suck. You killed Dumbledore, and you don't deserve to be the new Dumbledore. And it's like, at any given podcast, there are two guaranteed references that Robin will make. Harry Potter and Lost. Those are the two fandom tattoos I have. And mine's gonna be Battlestar, but that's not till later. That's not till later. I already have my references planned out but anyway if anyone ever needs like any storyline in harry potter <laughs> to get explained just hit me up because i say things like hey snape you suck <laughs> um you so, don't deserve to be the new dumbledore he does suck as a yeah, kid a as a kid i thought he was a hero because joe told me he was supposed to be a hero and mm-hmm. then i grew up and i was like wow garbage snape- garbage 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 um, garbage. Snape and uh, Jaha have so much in common. Ah! Ugh. I swear, if Clark has a kid and it's like, 
Your middle name is Thelonious. <laughs> For the bravest man I ever knew. Jacob Thelonious. Jake Thelonious Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I have a question for you though. Okay. Um, who's the chancellor? Like in this show right now, who's the chancellor? I think is it not Kane? Yeah, it's Kane. <laughs> so, why is everyone listening to Jaha and treating Jaha like he's the Chancellor? I was so mad in this scene because Abby's like, can I talk to you? And he's like, of course. And she comes in and she's like, okay, um, I think we should open the door. And he's like, okay, well, um, I don't think very highly of your opinion, so I don't care. I kind of loved that because Abby went in there like, so not Abby. She was like, yeah, yeah. so like meek and just kind of like, hey, buddy. I think maybe we should do this thing because, like, it's the nice thing to do. Don't you think? And I don't have any ulterior motives at all. I don't have... I literally don't have anything up my sleeves. Literally. <laughs> Jaha's like, they're going to kill everyone, starting with Clark. And I'm like, okay. That emotional like, manipulation, oh, oh. though. Yeah, and then he goes, Marcus was a good man. And I'm like, frick you. And she goes, he still is. And I'm like snaps yes! for Abby Griffin. Imagine Abby Griffin in season one talking to Jaha and being like, well, Marcus Kane is a good man. Bellamy pretty much says, me and Octavia aren't going to let them hurt Clark, so don't even freaking worry about that part. Um, question, though, she says it takes two people to open it. So you have to have a person, like, in the office and you have to have a person up by the actual door. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've assumed is that when they were getting in the first time, it was like, it's like there's two locks. Yeah. But the one in the office was already unlocked, so they only had to unlock the one lock, right? No. What do you mean? Yes. Yeah. Because Bellamy didn't unlock anything. Yeah, he just opened it. Huh? Wait, what? Oh my god. Was it literally, I mean, we never actually saw it because we cut from him running away from Clark to him opening the thing. So maybe maybe there's a little, like, click. I assume. Interesting that behind Bellamy is a series of spacesuits. Ooh. Ooh. True, true. Wonder if those are gonna come into play later. Um, Clark finds Murphy, and the she checks his pulse just to make sure that that guy's okay. You know? Like, can you- She's like, oh, Bellamy probably killed him, let me check. Or, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but then she gets a gun from the guy, and then... <laughs> the weird part was that he's like, Abby, open the door. Please, please open the door. She opens it, and he's like, I'm not going to close the door on Clark. I'm just going to let it fly open so that she can follow me. Right? That was a bad plan. Mm-hmm. Also, Abby, like, pressing the buttons, like, what the hell is this? Like, is amazing. You know that's Paige Turco just going, what the hell is a touchscreen? <laughs> yeah, she's like, huh? That, that's just Paige Turco, though. Like, you see her on Twitter. She's like, I love these things, but I am really bad at them. Um, Clark does this, like, warning shot. But Yo! ultimately, she can't kill Bellamy. So, that's cool. She fancy. You fa I mean, I guess shooting at your friends is cool now. Whatever. I just, I just, I can't get behind the scene. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Nah, that's my full thoughts. Well, those were deep and meaningful, I think.
I think everyone understands how I feel. Just from that. I mean, it's it's nice that Clark couldn't kill Bellamy, but at this point in the season and where Clark is, I wasn't entirely unsure that Clark wasn't going to shoot Bellamy. Like, I knew that story-wise they weren't going to kill off Bellamy. Yeah. But, I mean, looking at the way Clark's been acting, Jaha would have shot him. Yeah. So, mini Jaha, no shoot, I guess. So it's like, I, I clearly this is Clark's breaking point of, I shouldn't be this way but because we don't really see her talk about that or anything i guess we're just supposed to infer Mm -hmm. um but you know i don't trust clark narratively now like i don't trust that she wouldn't you know shoot bellamy in the knee right and that's probably like that's the mistake of setting your main character up as like an anti-hero right now and not really showing the audience anything like that she's thinking is that they don't trust her anymore Mm-hmm. So, my thing that I just, like, had a question for you about Clark is, like, um, how much leeway are you willing to give Clark as, like, the main protagonist? Um, what do you mean? Like, how, wait, like, how long is it gonna take for me to not forgive her anymore? Yeah. Um, I guess I was really displeased last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The fact that she didn't kill Bellamy this episode kind of redeems her a little bit, yeah. I think. And the fact that she let the people come in. Like, at least she didn't say, okay, Bellamy, you can go. And then the first person who came down the stairs, she didn't shoot them. Yeah. You know? Which is something that she could have done, and then and then even Bellamy would be on the outside. That's, that's a good point. So, I mean, I guess we'll see in the last two episodes, but right now she's not in my good books. Because I was thinking uh, when I was driving the other day about, like, I I couldn't stop thinking about Walter White from Breaking Bad and how many excuses and how many uh, giveaways the audience would give to Walter White in order to, like, excuse his behavior and continue to prop him up as, like, the hero of the show or, like, the anti-hero versus how they treated his wife, Skylar, who was basically trying to say, hey, please don't murder people and sell drugs, and people treated her terribly. Mm -hmm. So it kind of made me wonder, like, how much leeway are we willing to give a male character who does morally ambiguous things versus how much are we willing to give a teenage female character? Right. Well, I mean, if it helps, no one likes Jaha. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I was talking to Grace, who's Sin Eaters on Twitter, and she pointed out that, like, there is an element of internalized misogyny in the sheer vitriol that even I myself have felt against Clark. And Mm. I just think that's really interesting is, like, you know, maybe it is just as, as horrible as the thing that, like, Clark has done is, perhaps the, the backlash is stronger than it should be? I don't know. I mean, my thought is that it's something that I expected from Thelonious Jaha. Yeah. And it's not really something I expected from Clark, but then again, you also think, is this eternalized misogyny? Because I'm thinking women are supposed to be more compassionate. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's kind of unfair to go back and villainize, like, yet another black man on this show, and... Right. So, there's a lot of really complicated politics with this, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to the writers doing something too fast with Clark that none of us can really understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what I want to talk about with Clark. The last scene in this storyline was that now they're all trying to figure out who, who, goes, who goes in. Um, 
and they're saying we need to prioritize doctors and engineers, which is exactly what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bellamy and Kane are both like, of course we'll go for Raven. I have a question now. Mm-hmm. Are they saying, yeah, we'll go for Raven because those idiots didn't bring her back? Or are they going for Raven because they got her radio message that says, please come get me? Oh, no, it's definitely that they got her radio message. Okay, yeah, I was thinking that, too, but just in case. Like, they're like, yeah, we'll go for Raven because those dummies forgot to bring her. I think it was, like, it was, like, the same thing of, like, Raven deciding to end her life the same way Jasper was deciding to end his life, and the difference was that the other group, I guess, respected that decision, whereas um, Monty struggled with it, but I don't really mm-hmm. find it believable that Clark and Abby would be like, okay, well, I guess you're just gonna stay here and die. Yeah, well, up to you, I guess. Why was there no, like, goodbye with Raven? Uh, I don't know. But now we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, true. So, Jaha is just, like, the most angry. He's just, like, the most upset. Um, uh, and now they only have 100 spots, and she's saying all of the crews are feeling this. So, why do you think you're better than everybody else? Um, and she says, Bellamy gets one bed. Everything else doesn't matter. And that's why I think that she's probably taking a tree crew bed, or else she's saying, me and Bellamy get two. Octavia is, as of this moment, the hero of the show. Yeah. She's saying, Prime Fire comes in 24 hours. You have 12 hours to decide, everybody. That's not going to go well. Um, And so, they're pretty much getting rid of around 300 people, right? Yeah. Um, have we seen that before? I mean, like, maybe once or twice right, in this right. show. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that number is too significant except for in every other season. Mm-hmm. 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 The Culling 2.0. Mm-hmm. All right. Is it Science Island time? Yes. All right. So... Raven is changing an IVA suit to an EVA suit, and I did some Googling on spacesuits. Uh, cause of course you did. Oh my god. What? The rooster just wants- The rooster wants to hear what you have to say about spacesuits. He just wants to be famous. He wants to be an astronaut! Pretty much IVA- She kind of explained this a little bit, but IVA stands for- intravehicular activity and then EVA stands for extravehicular activity. There's also this thing that's called intra-extra either way, I'm not sure if that's exactly what it's called, but there's also an IEVA which is for both. Okay. So I, IVA means suits that you would just kind of wear in the spacesuit or in the spaceship just in case okay. the, like, the things dropped or whatever um, and the EVA is for, like, literally going outside in space. Okay, so, so space So, IVA's things are, like, more comfortable and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. changing an IVA to an EVA is probably really freaking difficult. Uh, yeah, you basically have to add all shielding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, she hears whispers, and Becca's like, let's go to space, blah, 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 blah. I'm Allie. <laughs> She's not Becca. No, I really don't think so. She's Becca Allie, but... I feel like we only got halfway with this story because mm-hmm. I they didn't really explain. They said it was remnants of Allie, but it was also remnants of Becca. But also, Abby had this exact same thing and is fine and didn't have to put herself into heart failure and die? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So now Raven has her third seizure of the day. 
Jesus. Which is great. Yeah. And then sees Sinclair. And everything's nice. So, when the preview came out for this, mm-hmm. I was so excited because the minute I heard his voice, I was like, oh, Lieutenant Gain is here. He's, He's here. here. He's here. I was so excited that Alessandro Giuliani came back. I he he was such a an asset to this show, and the fact that he's not agree, on it agree. anymore is crazy. Mhm. I miss him all the time. He was so good this episode. He was, I cried. He was, so good. he was he was such an integral part to this show in terms of like really adding some good actors. I cried twice in this episode. When Raven wakes up, Becca is all tied up, which is just hilarious. (laughs) Can you imagine while she was asleep, Sinclair's just like, you don't get to say anything. You have no say in this anymore. You're out. I like that Raven's brain figments can, like, interact with each other and tie each other up. Yeah. Um, He's pretty much saying, Raven, you should keep fighting and, like, does a car metaphor and it's adorable. Mm Mm-hmm. They're talking about how what happened to her was kind of like pulling the plug like on a computer that's how you shut it off yeah it like not everything shut down properly and i also thought this is kind of like pulling a usb out before you got like permission yeah exactly you um, ejected which it i too do soon. all the time because my computer hates me and never lets me safely remove usbs great so your computer's a cylon um and then something about super raven and it's cute i think she should be a superhero Batgirl. <clears throat> Batgirl. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. I, it sounds like you have something in your throat. Yeah, it sounds like you're not doing so well over there either. Yeah, whew. Hmm. Hard day on the podcast. Mm. I, I have a question for you. I'm excited. You know how Becca's entire thing was wanting to save the entire human race and make sure that everybody survived and that's why she created Allie in the first place? Yes. Why would she then turn around and encourage Raven to commit suicide? Literally. You're right. You smart. Seems freaking fake to me. Hmm. Fake news. But will we Will we ever find out the truth? I'm gonna go with no. Because watching her and Sinclair walk away when Raven was falling asleep signals to me that those two are done. Yep. So, so we are left with a complete unsatisfying story that was not actually properly wrapped up because we don't know what was actually in Raven's brain. Mm-hmm. No one bothered to update anyone on Abby's brain. Nope. And no one bothered to say, oh, by the way, like, Raven's had an AI in her brain this entire time. Cute. That's not, that's not good, guys. That's not good. No. That's not good. That's not good. Um, Anyway. They're gonna reboot the computer. Is pretty much what's happening. And she's gonna, like, go frozen. And then they're saying, without Allie in your brain, you'll just be normal. And then Sinclair's like, she was never normal. And she goes, Da Vinci, Einstein, Mozart. And he's like, I would choose Raven over all those guys. And I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. This is why we needed Sinclair. And then she says, I don't choose pain, I choose life. And you're like, yes, thank you. Once more, Raven is such a great representation for, you know, disability for just absolutely everyone. Just, just everyone, yeah. Yeah. To me, that so, felt a lot like a Maury's line that, like, I would I would get rid of this if, if there was anything wrong with me. I have a question. Mm-hmm. 
As if this was actual ice, which we know it isn't. Where did she get that? From the mansion? Listen, the ice machine worked overtime in the mansion. <laughs> the ice machine. Like, she just keeps putting, like, things of ice, ice trays in there and just yep. waiting for three hours. And then pulling them out and being like, well, that's three dozen more, <laughs> more ice cubes. Because <laughs> I totally have time to freeze all this ice. Maybe in the future, like, Becca actually had a whole freezer dedicated to just making ice. Yeah. Um, I've just given up trying to figure out the logic of the mansion. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if, if the first prime fire happened, why is the mansion still perfectly intact with beautiful glass windows? Why was the pool not filled with acid rain? Why is there still food? No one knows. So she's like, I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes. And then my iPhone will go ding-a-ling-a-ling -a -ling, and then I'll get shocked. I like that in this uh, scenario, Raven is an Apple user and not an Android user. I mean, what does the Android sound like? I have absolutely no idea. My alarm on my phone Neither. sounds like the um, song that the uh, robots wake up to on Westworld. <laughs> oh. See, I used to have um, the do-do-do-do. Oh, the Kim Possible song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, why don't you just rig a freaking toaster? And I'm like, that why don't you go away? Why don't you stop making insensitive remarks on things, you jerk? She's like, this is a waste of your talent. She's like, how about dying's a waste of my talent, you butthead? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is suicide. I'm like, what did you think you were encouraging her to do in the first place? Which, like, what, what did Becca want? I have no idea. She has to have had a plan. You know what I absolutely loved about this, though? Like, what? A lot of things. But I absolutely loved the fact that they brought back the heart murmur from, like, what was it, Spacewalker? That the first time we heard of that? Yeah. And then now it's finally come back, and not only is it like, oh, we mentioned it, it's something that was really important. That was, yeah, that was amazing. And it it ties into her relationship with Sinclair so nicely. Like, he's the one who took the chance on her. This is the part that I really cried at, was when he said, uh, we'll be gone when you wake up. And she says, you're always with me. And it's like, okay. And it's like, wouldn't it have been great if she had talked about Sinclair at all after he died? Yeah. <clears throat> so then she goes under her and her heart's go going really fast because that's like her instincts. And she puts her hand to the glass, which is, like, so close to a not-penny's boat if she had something written on it. It's, like, even more of a not-penny's boat, and he puts his hand to it, which is a not-penny's boat. And it's Ian's episode! Yeah, I really feel that was slightly intentional of the Benson sisters. I think sisters. it was intentional, especially because Ian was in that scene, in the not-penny's boat scene. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> this is my hard eyes. I'm crying. Yeah. That was really beautiful, though, because Raven's, like... They've isolated Raven so much from the other characters that that was the most meaningful connection she's had in so long. Yeah. And it was her own mind. Yeah. She had a connection with her own mind because no one cares about Raven. Well, she had a nice thing with Murphy a couple episodes ago, at least. Yeah, I mean, that was great. But, like, what about everyone else? Mm-hmm. Why does no one care that Raven was alone on Silence Island, Science Island and dying? Silence Island sounds terrifying. Silence Island sounds like a horror movie island. Silence Island is a tongue twister. Say it five times fast. Silence Island, Silence Island, Silence Island, Silence Island. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, 15 minutes goes by, she gets shocked, and she goes into cardiac arrest, and then she shocks herself again, and then she radios in and says, Hi, I'm Raven, and I- please come get me. I'm Raven, and I'm alive, and I don't want to be here alone by myself anymore, and also my brain thing is fixed. I fixed it. Okay, thanks. See you soon. See y'all soon. See y'all later. Bye. See y'all later. Bye. Okay, Arcadia time? Yeah. Are you sure? I am sure. Okay. This is going to so, be the hardest part of the podcast. Yeah. That's why let's put it for last. Yeah. So Monty is the only one who's in a suit. And um, Jasper, he comes up to Jasper and said, and Jasper goes, ha, masquerade ball. Nice. Is this just because Monty's wearing a mask? Or like, how is, this, how is that relevant? Like, we know that's from Sister's Keeper, but like, well, confused. I think it was just a, a, a really bad pun. Okay. Cool. Because cool. it's Jasper. So Harper's throwing up, and Monty mentions that he made three suits, and then a character called Hayes calls him over, and I have no idea who Hayes is, but either way, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Cannon fodder. And then Riley dies, and I'm like, oh, okay. That hit me hard, man. <laughs> Riley didn't even get any lines in this episode. They were like, he's dead now. He didn't even get his dying scene. They were just like, by the time the main characters got here, he was dead. I can't believe they killed Riley. Like, the most important character of the season. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he was such an integral part of this show. And, like, mm-hmm, his emotional mm-hmm. journey was, like, non existent. And he didn't even Moment have a last Moment name. of silence. Yeah. For, oh, for Riley, yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's enough. We, we hardly knew ye, quite freaking literally. <laughs> Monty tries to save him, and Jasper's like, no, he's gone peacefully, all is well, and they were saying, let's do that tonight, while they still can. And sadness. Bad planning, kids. Please don't do this. They're in the rover, and Monty says that he's filtered the air in there, so we should be good. Uh, Harper says that she's still gonna stay, and Monty's like, you two are my family, like, literally you're all I have left. Need I remind you that I killed my mom twice. Right? But I think everyone forgot that. And then Harper's like, I don't love you. And she says, and I quote, you're not enough to make me want to live and I'm not worth dying for. Which is a great line. It's a great line. The saddest. And it's such a mistake that people make that they think pushing others away will make, like, their loss hurt less when it actually just makes it hurt more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you lose someone thinking that they hated you. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. That's a horrible that thing sucks, to put sucks. Monty through. Yeah. But either way, she's a big liar. She's a big old liar. That Harper. Now, the ending of this storyline is the Jasper stuff. Mm-hmm. Mo- like, that's all exposition. And yeah. so we can skip through most of that. Yeah. But this is the big stuff. So this place where they are here is the place where I assume Jasper and Monty go to watch the sunrise and the sunset that they talked about when they were on the Ark, right? Yeah. This is also the same place in Sister's Keeper when they were on their way to the Masquerade Ball. Bellamy was like, take a look, Octavia, right? Yeah, that was where Octavia, like, saw Earth for the first time. Okay, um, so I'm just gonna go through all my notes of this, and then we'll just go to the town. Sure. Okay, so Jasper, Sunset, um, Monty shows up, something about the Red Moon, and he's saying the Earth is beautiful, which is kind of a throwback to season one when he said, uh, I love Earth. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, something about the Joby T. Shout out to Nyla for, for that one, I guess. Um, Monty's saying that he will n- never forgive him unless he, like, I don't know, tries to get through this. And Jasper's saying, I don't want you to live with that. Say you love me or you'll regret it. And then they have this beautiful shot where their heads are together and the horizons in the distance all orange and it's like the most beautiful thing ever in the whole world. Ian did such a good job. Then, in the for some reason, in the Netflix subtitles, it said that he said, if you feel it, then say it. But if you really listen, he says, I'll see you on the other side. Because of course he would say that. Yeah. If he didn't say that, I'd be so mad. Yeah. So... Anyway, I'm mad at Netflix for that one, but I mean, he said it very quietly. I understand. I love you, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is not sponsored by Netflix. (laughs) But if it was, that would be great. Hashtag ad. (laughs) Um, Hashtag spawn. (laughs) So then he says that he does love him, but it's after he's already gone, which is the most sad. Um, Then he runs away from him and everyone else is dead except Harper. Oh, he thinks Bree is Harper, but Bree is dead. And then Harper's in her suit and they have their hug and then they love each other. And that's it. Okay. Thoughts. (laughs) Where do you even begin? I don't know. Um, I think the amazing thing about this is that when I was watching it, you know, as someone, like, who suffers from depression, by the time they got there, like, I I felt nothing because they did Jasper such a disservice by making his death, first of all, not even, like, a big point of the episode or of the season. Right. But that it's immediately undercut by Monty running away. Yeah. Monty just leaves his body. And making it about Harper. Yeah, and yeah. he goes to Harper, and the the audience's emotions go from, oh my god, Jasper's dead, to, oh, thank god, Harper's alive, and then it's just done. Yeah. See, here's... I thought the scene was beautiful. I thought it was beautifully yes. shot, and I thought it, it was, was beautifully written, but I still wish that Jasper would have been able to go out swinging. Like, I think... If Jasper had sacrificed himself for Monty or something, and then they had this scene, it would be m- so much more meaningful. Yeah, but instead it was less about Jasper's depression and Jasper's feelings and more about how it affected Monty, which is fine. But considering we never saw the fallout of Monty and his mother they're really picking and choosing what things to have impact certain characters instead of having everything impact these characters. So Jasper's death wasn't about Jasper. It was about Monty and Harper. Yeah. And to me, I mean, I watched, um, they had an iTunes extra called Jasper's journey that I watched last night. Yeah. I watched that today. Yeah. And the creator of the show, Jason Rothenberg, said that they were deliberately exploring the effects of PTSD and depression and what happens to soldiers when they come back overseas and that they really suffer from these things. And while I think that it is very noble to pursue those types of stories, especially because, like, I have suffered from PTSD in my life, I have depression, I have really bad anxiety, I really appreciate exploring mental health, I don't feel that it was done in a respectful way 
And I don't think yeah. they know that they didn't do that in a respectful way. Well, Jason also said in that clip, he said, by no means are we saying that Jasper took the right way out. So I think that's also important. Yeah. Is that they're not saying this is the only thing he could have done. They're saying he could have done better, I think. It felt to me like Jasper actually didn't really care about his relationship with Monty in this season. I would agree. Yeah. So when this show does nothing but be negative, how are you supposed to tell a story about depression and about suicide and it not be disrespectful to people who don't have the best mental health? Like, how is this, what, what message was this supposed to send? I don't know. And I, like, I just don't think that I can even speak on half of this just because I have... I would probably say, I don't know, medium anxiety, but that's the mm -hmm. only mental health issue. And I have obsessive compulsive tendencies. But other than that, that's like all I've had to deal with. And so, I don't know. I feel like this is the part of the podcast where we kindly direct you over to MetaStation. <laughs> <laughs> and say, like, we, we, we scratched the surface on this one. But over there is going to have some incredible conversation that you should definitely check out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm interested from, like, a storytelling perspective, like, what you thought of, like, the actual storytelling of Jasper's arc this season. Me? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, who else am I talking to? Yeah, um, who else is in this podcast, Robin? <laughs> um, I would say, like, watching the Jasper's journey thing, I was just like, oh. Look at that little season two guy with all his hair. Mm -hmm. Look at that guy. Um, this season, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of apathetic, and that sucks. I feel the same way. And, like, yeah, I just don't really... I feel like the... I just, I want Monty, like, I want... Jasper's letter to Monty to come back and maybe mm -hmm. that could be make his send off a little bit better. Yeah, that'd be really good. Um but I, I like I said, I thought that the scene was beautiful and I thought that it was written wonderfully and it totally was I don't I liked it. I liked the scene. Yeah. Whereas but like the, the 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 context wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, when you was watch that featurette mm -hmm. and you find out that, you know, as everyone suspected, Jasper was supposed to die at the end of season three. Yes. So his entire arc in season four makes a lot more sense knowing that it was actually just filler. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't even explore it as, like, respectful filler where you have Jasper, you know, struggling. Because the only side of Jasper that you see this season is, like, the sort of almost giddily happy that he's going to die, Jasper. And I, at the beginning of the season, I was really excited about that because I was like, oh my God, like, you know, sometimes that makes sense when you have futility, you kind of just have to laugh at it. But they didn't do anything else with his character. Mm -hmm. It was one note the entire season. It was just, Jasper can't wait to die. Jasper can't wait to die. And then Jasper dies. And it's like, great. It's like, well, this is what I was waiting for. Yeah, it's like you're telling the audience that not only is suicide an option here when you ha when you have depression, but one, that no one cares enough about you to help you treat it, um, but that two, 
it is a valid option because I don't believe that the show didn't present it as not a valid option. Right. That's a problem. So yeah, those are my Jasper thoughts. I'm mostly just upset and very apathetic and I think it's the show's fault that I'm apathetic about it. And before we move on from this last section, we just wanted to implore anyone who relates to Jasper and is struggling to please reach out. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of helplines that Aaron at MetaStation has posted. Mm-hmm. Um, many people, um, Kthrow, Kim on Twitter has also posted a lot of helplines. So if anyone has been impacted by this storyline, reach out, pick those, tweet us, like... We'll retweet some. Yeah, I know exactly how you're feeling, and we'll retweet all resources that anyone needs. Now it's time for our segment. So my first segment is called the Post-Apocalyptic Sass Watch, and the first one uh, this episode goes to (laughs) Bellamy for... You know what? I must have missed the election that made you chancellor again. Go off! Go off! The most sassy. Bellamy at his best. And my segment is CGSW, the Clark Griffin Shower Watch, and, um... Even though I'm struggling with Clark, it kind of looked like, her, I mean, her hair looked good. I'm going to Yeah, gonna there's got to be, sure be showers down there, so yeah. she probably did. I think she's I think she's staying clean and I'm proud of her for that. So, good job, Clark. Uh, my second segment is called the Most Valuable Protagonist Award, and this week I have two MVPs and so these awards go to both Raven and Abby. Woohoo! <laughs> Abby hasn't gotten it, I think in the history of this podcast. Well, yeah, no, I don't think so. Woohoo! And my final segment is uh, the Marcus Kane Beard Appreciation and Good Beard that directed the episode. Good Director Beard. Good Director Beard. Very proud. Good Beard, yes. Good. So proud. So we also just want to throw in, I just posted, we finally have our interview with Louisa Dolivera up. So if you want to give that a listen, it's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, you can go to our Twitter and check it out. It's on Stitcher now, too. It's on Stitcher now, too. Louisa was lovely, and she spent like an hour with us. It was Yeah, great. she was really kind. She was such a good sport, and uh, we talked about a lot of really fun stuff, including her being teased by Sachin on Snapchat and all sorts of fun things. So go check yeah, it out. Yeah, I think we name dropped Sachin, Paige, <laughs> Ian, Richard. Um, Everybody. Lindsay, I think. Yep. Yeah. We. Oh, and Chris. Yes. And we talked about uh, memory and Imori and all sorts of insights. And we also talked about pasta. Yeah. So. And a lot of hungry. weather. <laughs> We talked about the weather a lot because we're all Canadian and that's a really big topic of conversation for us. All right, send me the the trailer. Trailer reactions in three, two, one, play. We have faced... Oh, look, it's Kane. Oh, look, it's... This is literally Hunger Games. This is literally the reaping. Again. So, oh my god. Okay, so that was Amori, right? Why is Amori bleeding? I'm really worried. And I I guess the lottery's back. And that stupid list is back. (laughs) We thought Bellamy was going to be Effie. Oh my god, the freaking five guy. The guy who's obsessed with his five-year-old son. Oh my god, I'm so here for this Kane-Jaha power struggle. Oh, Like, you know, you know this is going to end with Jaha getting banished. Hopefully. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. And we also have a Lost podcast. We're going to be... Um, recording the next episode this next upcoming week, so get ready for that. Get ready, make sure to watch it, and then talk to us about it. Yeah. 
You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter at, at The Aficionados. Tweet us with anything you'd like us to discuss or read about on the air as we did today. And um, yeah, we just have a really good time talking to you guys. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash The And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The We have some perks, including some deleted scenes that Robin put up that made me look like a fool. <laughs> so I'm going to put something up to embarrass her, but the problem is Robin never oh. embarrasses herself, so. I just have no shame. Apparently. Uh, our website our website is theafficionados.com. And our Tumblr is theafficionados.tumblr.com. Well, uh, basically all our uh, social media is theafficionados. Yeah, but if you want to email us, it's aficionados podcast. Whoa! Why did we Whoa. do that? Whoa, everything is different. <laughs> You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And I also run at The 100 Script. And we're in between episodes right now, but we're about to start One Head Apart 1. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you could join us for next week's episode, episode 412, The Chosen. Sounds ominous. Ooh. That's fancy. <laughs> we're almost done. I know. I'm really, I'm sad, but I'm also relieved. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Okay, love you, love bye. You, love you, bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> See ya. See you real soon. That's what it says on the exit to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs>